0: Let's talk some more Amazon. Joining me, Tuna Amobi is a director and senior equity strategist at CFRA. Tuna, we got numbers to talk about, but we've also got the surprise Bezos sidestep. What do you make of it? What does it mean?
1: That's a huge development, um, Oliver. I didn't see that coming, certainly. Um, but I think it seemed like uh, uh, Andy Jassy would be the next logical choice of, of uh, you know stepping into that CEO role. I think it just goes to show how. Crucial Amazon Web Services has really been um, a rocket ship in, in the overall, uh, you know, outlook for the company. I mean, uh, that's not to say that Jeff Bezos is going is going to be uh, going too far away. He's going to still be involved, I would imagine, in some of the key product uh, and innovative uh, decisions affecting the company. But this is really uh, significant and really goes to show that Amazon really uh, is kind of looking beyond, um, you know, the secular uh, tailwinds they're getting from. Uh, from COVID-19, which has been uh, a tremendous catalyst. Uh, but if you're in this business, you've really got to look for the long-term. And Jeff Bezos is really feel like this is the right time uh, to kind of make that transition.
0: Okay. Tuna, uh, when you consider the replacements, clearly there's a message here about the cloud, it seems, being delivered, right? Uh, that uh, this is the way of the future? This is how they're gonna mint money going forward?
1: Indeed, I think uh, you know cloud is really uh, you know core to the thesis, even arguably more so than e-commerce, right? Um, cloud has also been a major beneficiary of the uh, stay-at-home, uh, you know, the remote uh, workforce, etc. Uh, the way we think about the cloud business right now, in terms of the overall market value, easily over half of the value of the company is attributable to that, uh, and it's become intensely competitive as you kind of see. Uh, Alphabet reporting today uh, the growth in their cloud business. You've got others like Microsoft um, also breathing down their neck. So I think Amazon really is at a point right now where uh, their cr- cloud business can really be viewed more or less as a cruise control. Um, they're going to be fighting to uh, the battle to keep their core customers and competing uh, in terms of costs and new uh, products. And there's a whole lot of, uh, I, I would argue, um, still low-hanging fruit to be had, mm. as you saw this quarter, where one of a lot of new customers in that cloud business. Uh, so it's really going to remain a major growth engine for for years to come, despite the competition.
0: It's interesting, Tuna, to me that you describe the cloud space as still having low-hanging fruit. Walk me through what that is. Are those businesses that haven't yet um, upgraded their servers or they haven't found a good provider like an Amazon? Because we just saw alphabet numbers and their cloud business is rocking too. Microsoft, boom, tons of smaller competitors too with specific niches as well. A lot of those operate with on, within you know Amazon Web Services and related to them, but um, even if these low-hanging fruit, aren't there other people trying to grab at it? it
1: well, indeed, it's a very good point. Um, you know, the addressable market is is kind of huge. Um, I know it's been uh, tapped uh, significantly, but I think there's a lot of businesses out there, small and mid-sized businesses, that are just now beginning to realize uh, the tremendous savings that could be had in terms of you know, transitioning their um, servers and infrastructure, and even some of the big Fortune companies are also um, kind of uh, doubling down in that area. Um, and and so that the way we look at it, there's a low-hanging fruit across all the entire spectrum, across all sides of businesses, and all of these companies are just uh, you know grabbing it. And remember, it's not just businesses we're talking about, we're talking about um, you know non-profit organizations, the government, uh, etc. So it's really across the board.
0: Okay. So is there a way to quantify right now, Tuna, uh, what that remaining addressable market looks like? I mean, is it dollars? Is it percent of businesses? Are there surveys that say, do you have your cloud infrastructure built? Because I imagine whatever it is, it's certainly changed dramatically over the past year. I mean, that's where kind of the market has been grappling with, okay, how much of this demand has been pushed forward? Do we know how to quantify that now versus pre-COVID?
1: Um, that's a great point. The way I would think about it, Oliver, is that we probably are still in the fourth or fifth innings of, of this um, global uh, cloud phenomenon. There's a lot of uh, international markets that um, are still way underpenetrated, uh, and these companies are all making a play for it. Um, so we're talking about um, you know, literally um, you know, uh, tens of billions of dollars um, uh, and potentially more. Uh, of business that's still not even um, you know tapped yet and, and others that are really uh, upgrading their uh, their budgets to to migrate even more of their um, their backbone infrastructure into the cloud. So um, you know the runway is still huge. And the good thing for all these competitors is that they can, the addressable market can serve all of them well. You're gonna likely see share shifts among the big three, um, you know, Amazon, uh, Microsoft, and Google. And there's a whole lot of others as well, Alibaba, et cetera, that are still, uh, you know, uh, garnering some share uh, and trying to really expand that addressable market. And I would argue, lastly, um, Oliver, is that the, uh, uh, the pandemic has really uh, enlarged significantly that addressable market.
0: You said coming into this, Tuna, that you could see the company broaching the upper end of its target sales growth of 28 to 38%. You were right on that. In fact, uh, they did even more, right? They grew on the top line 44%. Uh, So in terms of stock price, what's this mean to you, Tuna? What does this uh, mean for traders who are in this company that had kind of been the laggard of the FANG group? I mean, you know, that's not anything terrible. It just means that it hadn't made a high in about five months.
1: Indeed. I think they beat on the top and bottom line, which gave us a lot of comfort. Uh, And more importantly, the Q1 guidance I thought was a little bit aggressive. So it just tells us that those COVID-19 demand tailwinds uh, have some more time to to play out. Uh, But all told, I think we're still at $3,600 12-point target. Um, you know, as you alluded to, their the shares have somewhat stalled after the run up that we saw in the preceding year. Uh, but as kind of things settle down and investors get a better sense of what this leadership transition means, and when they see uh, Jeff Bezos is still, um, you know, involved. Um, and and Andy Jesse is a well-known guy. I think the more that the street talks to him and understand his philosophy, I think people will get more comfortable, uh, that the thesis and the strategy will essentially remain uh, intact.
0: Thanks a lot. We're out of time. I appreciate you joining us on earnings day. Appreciate it. Tuna. Good to have you here.
1: Thanks. Oliver. have a good one.
0: Thank you. Tuna's director and senior equity strategist at CFRA. Good stuff on earnings. I like the message here that the company is still delivering big growth. Tuna said to expect bigger growth than uh, analysts thought, and that was indeed correct.